This episode of the Fresh Start Family Show is brought to you by our Quick Start Learning Bundle, how to build a compassionate, firm, and kind discipline toolkit that works with kids of all ages. Head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash discipline to grab your Quick Start Bundle so you can get going today on building up a strong, compassionate, discipline toolkit in your home. Hey there, listeners. I'm so excited that you are here with us for a new episode. It's Wendy, your host, positive parenting educator and family life coach. And this episode is a fun one, you guys. Terry and I got to interview Justin Coulson, who is an incredible parenting educator, and he's also the dad of six girls. So he's talking to us today about how to really thrive raising daughters. But the cool thing is, you guys, what we discuss will apply to all kids, no matter if you have daughters and sons or just daughters or just sons, whatever. Everything is just so relevant to parents um, of all kinds. But Justin's amazing, you guys. I wanted to highlight some incredible dads that Terry and I truly respect since we're celebrating Father's Day this week. And Justin is really one of those incredible dads. So without further ado, enjoy this episode. And if you haven't yet, make sure you subscribe to our podcast over on iTunes or wherever you love to listen to podcasts. And if you have an extra three minutes, please leave us a review. It really helps us get seen in the iTunes world. And the more we are seen in the iTunes world, the more we can actually help more and more families across the world who could really use encouragement and support. So thanks for listening. Enjoy this episode. Well, hey there, I'm Stella. Welcome to my mom and dad's podcast, The Fresh Start Family Show. We're so happy you're here. We're inspired by the ocean, Jesus, and rock and roll, and believe deeply in the true power of love and kindness. Together, we hope to inspire you to expand your heart, learn new tools, and strengthen your family. Enjoy the show. Well, hey there, families, and welcome to another episode of the Fresh Start Family Show. We are so excited to be here with Justin Coulson. Is that how you say your name, Justin? Is that your last name? People who like me usually say it like that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we are so excited to be speaking with Justin tonight. Um, Justin is a parenting author and speaker and the founder of Happy Families, and just a wealth of knowledge and just such a solid source of encouragement families. So he is going to be talking to us tonight about raising daughters with deep connection, three ways to thrive as a parent raising girls. And we are so excited to talk about this because we have a 12 and a half year old tween in the house, and I know that we are just going to soak up your wisdom tonight. So thank you for being here, Justin. Welcome to the show. Thank you. So excited to be with you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So families, we're going to cover three ways that we can raise girls um, and thrive. And that's going to look like seeking to understand your girls. Number two, fostering a deep connection. And three, having an intention to thrive versus survive in the second decade of life. But I want you to understand um, that what we're going to talk about tonight really apply will apply. I know it'll apply to all children. So yes, we're going to talk specifically about daughters. I'm going to pass the mic over to you in a second, Justin, so you can introduce yourself and tell us all about you and how you your journey and how you got here. Um, but Justin is the father of six girls. Is that right? Is that really true, Justin? Six girls? It's it's, it's really true. And, and before <laughs> anyone asks, no, we weren't trying for a boy. Uh, <laughs> and, and yes, we do have a TV in our house. We obviously just have found better things to do than watch TV. <laughs> right. um, we just love our girls so very much. Uh, when we got married, my wife and I weren't exactly on the same page in terms of number of children. Uh, Kylie wanted to have six kids and I wanted to have uh, one or two. And so we compromised and we had the six. Yeah. <laughs> just couldn't be happier. Oh my gosh, I love it. But obviously, I mean, you guys heard the intro, you know how experienced Justin is and, and um, between the books he's written and his training and then actually raising six daughters. How old are your daughters? What is the age group now? So I mean, what is the age range? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my eldest is in her early 20s now. She's moved out and married. She's living her own oh, life and, nice. and just... You know, one of the best things about having children move out, uh, if if you do it right, and fingers crossed, we, we're hoping that we're doing it okay, is when when they move out, the best thing is not actually them moving out, although that is such a relief, i got to say. Um, <laughs> but 
but but the best thing is having them come home yeah. and uh, you know she and her husband love to come home and spend time with us and play games or have dinners or whatever it might be but to watch them growing and 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 having their own relationship uh, growth experiences and learning the lessons that they now need to learn so that they can become fully functional effective adults uh, it's just such a buzz. Like it's, it's the coolest thing. Um, my my second daughter, or our second daughter, I should say, is finishing her senior year in high school. So she'll all be done uh, real soon. Uh, then we've got one who is in now, now in Australia. We don't talk about seniors and juniors and freshmen and sophomores. But I've read enough books and watched enough movies. Uh, our our third daughter is in her. Uh, she's in her her sophomore year. Nice. Uh, we we would call that grade ten. Uh, and then we've got one in grade. Do you remember seven, her name grade. though? Because you, you, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you, you're getting the I ages. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we've got Chanel, who's the eldest. Then Abby, uh, finishing her high school uh, experience. Uh, Ella is the one in grade ten. Then we've got uh, Annie in grade seven, Lily in grade five, and Emily, who's in her first year of school, and she is she is everything that the baby of the family is supposed to be. Um, just. <laughs> She's such a delight. We, we're, we're, we're so crazy about her. And she's still young enough that she comes and gets into the bed every morning and gives us morning huggies, oh, which is, that's the it just rocks. That's the best. <laughs> that's so awesome, Justin. So, yeah, you guys, he really is. I mean, you can tell just from living the life he has with six daughters, he can speak so much um, encouragement and support for us. But also, if you do have sons, um, that I promise you what we're going to talk about today will apply to. Because, like I said, Justin is just such a source of um support and encouragement and wisdom. So will you kick us off, Justin, by telling us just a little bit about how you got in? How, what does your journey look like? Where did, you know, how did you get here? How did you decide to become an author and a speaker? And why did you um, become the founder of Happy Families? Um, where, where did this all come from? We'd love to hear your story. So it's 1997, and I have this burning ambition to become a radio DJ. A radio announcer. Nice. I, I'd always, always wanted to work on the radio and play music. Imagine getting paid to play music and talk about music all day, every day. And so I got a job at a radio station and over the subsequent years uh, created this reasonably successful radio career. I ended up working at some of the biggest radio stations in the country. Now, fast forward to I don't know, probably around about uh, 2002. I'm in my late 20s. I'm at one of the biggest and most prestigious radio stations in Australia at Brisbane's B105. It's probably one of the top two or three stations in the country. Is this and your radio uh, voice or do you have, can you give me a B105? <laughs> no, no, Ladies and gentlemen, B105. In Australia, we kind of just talk like we talk. But if I, was, <laughs> if I was really to put it on for you, Terry, just this is just for you, okay? I'd say okay. like... Um, so if I was on the radio and a song was finishing, let's say, we'll go back to you know when I was on the radio... Um, Let's say something like uh, Brisbane's B105 with today's best music and Alanis Morissette. It's oh, uh, 10.45. Nice. Coming up soon, your chance to win a million bucks with the <laughs> mystery sound. Uh, you know, that's, that's kind of awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in. That is good. Yeah, yeah. Good. So that's what I used to do. And I used to be okay at it. I don't know if I'd be able to hold my own anymore. So it's like it's 2002. Like I said, I'm in my late 20s. And uh, I'm working a six-day week as this radio DJ. Uh, Saturday mornings, I had to do the 6 a.m. till midday shift. But usually what happens when you're the, you know, when you're the fancy pants radio DJ on a Friday night, there's some sort of promotional activity that you're supposed to be at, whether it's a concert or whether it's at a club or there's something going on and you've got to be out there and leading the charge and being the party guy, which meant that that night, you know, Friday night, Saturday morning, I probably got to bed at about 2 a.m. and then I'm up at five so that I can be on the radio for six and sound like I'm happy to be there. Right. Um, by the time I got home at one o'clock that Saturday afternoon, oh, I was not in a good way. And I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but we we aren't usually at our best when we're tired. Yes. So yeah. I, I stagger in the door and Kylie, my wonderful wife, says to me, uh, I've got to go and do some errands. And I'm like, well, that's cool. Just take the kids with you because I need a nap. I'm in, I'm in no shape to be a parent right now. Right. And Kylie yeah. says, actually, no, 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 I can't take the children with me. But the baby has just gone to sleep, and the three-nager, uh, <laughs> this is Chanel, our, our eldest, she is due for her daytime nap sometime in the next half hour or so. So if you just play with her for half an hour and then put her down and then you can have your sleep, she said, I promise I'll be back before they wake up. You'll be fine. Right. You'll be fine. I can picture and, this all. Yeah, and, and, and I, I actually, 
if I'm really truthful, I hate telling the story um, <clears throat> because I, I I just behaved so badly. When it was time for Chanel to go to bed, I, I told her that she needed to and she resisted because what three-year-old really wants to have a daytime nap? You know, they're too big for that now until yeah. you get to 5 or 6 p.m. and they're absolutely horrendous. And so because I was not at my best, I started to get really upset with her and I don't know if you've met too many toddlers or, or, you know, preschoolers who when parents get upset, they say, oh, good point. You are bigger, wiser and right. more, more in tune than <laughs> so me. making sense, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so she, she retaliated. She responded really badly. Uh, and because I was who I was, you know, I didn't have any psychology training. I didn't know how to dad. I was just yeah. this tired DJ that needed a sleep. Uh, I responded badly i called her names and yelled at her and she screamed back at me and it kind of just escalated you know one person pushing the other one higher and then the next one this horrible upward spiral of negative emotion until it got to a point where i i was whacking her on the backside and around the back of the legs and i picked her up and i threw her into a bedroom and i slammed the door and i held it tight and it was it was ugly. I'm sure that if somebody had been there to witness it, well, it wouldn't have happened if someone had been there. I would have been better than that. Right, right. But I wasn't better than that. And, and I remember, so I've got this thing that I say to parents all the time. You've got to remember both for you and for your children, high emotions usually means low intelligence. You know, we just don't yeah. think particularly clearly when our emotions are high and neither do our kids. Uh, yeah. We think we're thinking clearly, like Terry. I'm sure. I, I'm sure that Wendy doesn't get too cross with you, but I can imagine <laughs> that every now and again, Terry, you've been frustrated with Wendy, and you've been saying something like, "But it's so clear. It's so obvious. I don't see why you can't see what I can so plainly see." Yeah. Because when you're angry, you get that tunnel vision, and you can only see one way forward. And we think that we're so intelligent in the moment. Mm-hmm. And it's not until our emotions sort of come back down that our intelligence comes back up and we think to ourselves, did I really say that? Yes. Yeah. Was that necessary? And yeah. was that the yeah. only way? Was it like this tunnel? Like, yeah, right. Yeah. And, and, and as we calm down, we suddenly see that there were so many more options, but we were so in that moment that we just couldn't see what the options were. And, and so I'm standing at the door having hit and yelled at and threatened and literally thrown my daughter onto the bed and, you know, walked out of the room. Yeah. And I'm standing there holding the door. And I'm still very emotional. And I remember thinking to myself, it's not my fault. She made me do this. Right. Mm-hmm. If she would have just done as she was told, none of this would have ever happened, which is such a lie. Yeah. But in the moment, I was still emotional. I was telling myself what seemed to be truth. And eventually she fell asleep on the carpet on the floor behind the door and at that point i was supposed to obviously go and have my my daytime nap my nana nap yeah (laughs) but but i was uh you you can't sleep when you're emotional so i went for a walk into the backyard and tried to just breathe and process what i'd just done and it wasn't the first time that i'd been angry it was the worst it had been but there was a recurring pattern where i was responding worse and worse to this kid i used to watch parents with their kids before i had my own and say, <laughs> my kids will never do that. Right. I know better. You know, they'll do yeah. as they're told. And all of a sudden, I'm watching this thing unfold, and it's just not working. And I, I had the distinct thought, Justin, you're a bad father. Yeah. And it just crushed me. But yeah, I, I felt my heart shrivel as I realized that, based on what had just happened, that was that was actual truth. That wasn't a big emotional thing. That wasn't me being a victim or playing, you know, having a little pity party for myself. That was objective truth. Justin, if you keep going like this, you're going to continue to be a bad father. And whether you're the fanciest, best DJ in the world or not, it's not going to matter if you don't have a relationship with your kids. As all of this started to sink in, across the back fence and down the way in another street neighboring us somewhere, I basically heard the same thing happening. Mm. I heard this dad and this toddler start to fight with each other and it was like my interaction with my little girl was being replayed for me in perfect stereo so i could hear just how ugly it sounded and i was so ashamed and uh i remember kylie coming home and she's like oh what are you doing awake you know the two kids are asleep but i'm awake and and i knew that i needed to be truthful so i told her i i explained exactly what had happened and was was very clear with the fact that i needed help that i was getting this all wrong uh and Uh, Kylie was 
yeah, Kylie's really gentle and really kind and really thoughtful in the way that she responds, the way she communicates. And on this occasion, she decided that she might be a little more direct than normal. And she basically said, you know what, Justin, you're right. You are a bad father. And to hear that from your wife, just right. like, wow, uh, that, that really hurt. And while I was recovering from that blow, she said, come to think of it, you're not quite the husband that I hoped you'd be either. And I went, <laughs> wow, where do I go from here? And so over the subsequent days and weeks, uh, I started to think really seriously about how I could change. And I made a, a decision that in hindsight, I'm so grateful for, although at the time I had no idea what I was doing, but I quit, I quit my job. And nice. I, went, I went back to school. And so for a guy who only had a high school education and barely finished high school, because all I wanted to do was be this radio DJ, uh, I went back to school. I spent the, the next eight and a half years as a full-time student going through an undergraduate program and an honours program. And then I did a PhD in psychology and ended up working as an academic, working as a lecturer and a um, researcher at university uh, for, for a short wow. time before I realised you know, our family had grown. We'd gone from having these two kids to now having five daughters. And, and our family was not just surviving, but we were doing great. Yeah. And I knew that it was because of the things that I'd learned as I'd done my studies. And I said to Kylie, uh, how do you feel about, I mean, it's been eight and a half years of hardship, really. You know, poverty, no money. Right. I'm waiting <laughs> to get by, raising this family. It's been really tough. But how do you feel about now that I'm an academic and doing what I'm doing, how do you feel about me starting all over again in our mid-30s? And I'll start writing books and giving talks. I want to help other families to have what we've got. Not that we're perfect. We don't make any claims to parenting perfection. But surely there are things that we've learned that can help other families along the way. And so Kylie looked at me with uh, the unflinching support that she's always given me and said, let's do it. And so for the last eight years or thereabouts, nine years, I've actually been doing this full time uh, where I literally write books and give talks and help people to make their families happier. Let's chat for a hot sec, openly and honestly, about what your discipline toolkit looks like in your home right now. If you're anything like most parents, you're relying on the hand-me-down set you inherited. Timeouts, spankings, threatening of spankings, taking iPads away, three, two, one countdowns, groundings, taking away toys, e-bikes, iPhones, any or all of those kind of tactics that create a total relationship strain and don't even work long-term to end your child's misbehavior for good. Meaning, you might spank your child or send them to timeout today for being, air quotes, mean to their sister or disrespecting you, but then three days from now, they're repeating the same misbehavior, which causes you to flip your lid because you know they know better. I want to help you learn a new way so you can end the vicious cycle that's keeping you stuck as a parent and causing you to feel super frustrated that nothing is working to get your strong-willed, stubborn child to behave better. My team and I have recently completely refreshed our Compassionate Discipline Quick Start Learning Bundle to help you learn a new way to teach your kids important life lessons, a new way to help your children learn from their mistakes and take responsibility for their actions. You can just DM me the word shift over on Instagram. I'm at Fresh Start Wendy, and I'll personally send you a message with a link to download this free bundle. I'm going to help you shift out of a punishment mindset and into a compassionate discipline one where you fully trust that connection-based, firm and kind discipline tools are all you need to be a strong leader in your home who holds your kids responsible when they misbehave, but does it in a way where they are learning the vital life skills they are missing when they mess up. So again, just DM me the word shift over on Instagram. I'm at Fresh Start Wendy, or you can head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash discipline to grab your free bundle now. I am so excited for you to shift out of feeling guilty and shameful when you lay your head on your pillow at night and shift into feeling confident and proud of the way you handled yourself as a parent, even when you were wildly triggered and upset about the mistake your child made. Okay, I'm excited for you to dive into this free resource. I'll see you in my DMs and inside the free discipline bundle. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. 
your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Oh my God. Yes. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the best story we've ever heard on this podcast. That's so great. Gosh, Terry. I mean, oh, I, I think so just that's the, beautiful, Justin. The inventory that you took of yourself in that those moments, um, and the self reflection that you had, um, and all those things that kind of had to happen that all probably seemed like a nightmare and very unfortunate at that time, sounds like it completely transformed you for the better. Yeah, you know, they say that those light bulb moments, those um, epiphanies, research shows that they don't usually lead to lasting change. But, mm. you know, I've just, I, I have this fundamental belief that there is nothing more important than my family. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and I think you know, people talk about rock bottom, and I'm not going to pretend that I hit rock bottom. Uh, I, I don't actually know what rock bottom really is. I've, I've lived right. a, a pretty wonderful life. Nevertheless, that experience with my daughter, and I wish I could say it was the only time it ever happened, but you know, we, right. we're not perfect. Yeah. But that experience with my daughter was this catalyst, and I just knew nothing mattered more. Uh, and over the years, I've, uh, I, I, I don't want to sound self-aggrandizing. Uh, I, I guess over the years, though, I've, I've considered that of all the things that I could have decided that day, the, the one thing that will leave the most lasting legacy for my family, for my children, and hopefully for millions of other families around the world, is that decision to quit the radio job uh, yeah. and and head back to school and start all over again. I'm so grateful that that I live in a place. You know, Australia has this incredible support system where I could do that, uh, nice. and, and the change that it led to is just phenomenal. Oh, I love it so much. It's so beautiful. I find it just such an honor. I mean, I know you know that it's it is hard work building out a business like this, right? There's not necessarily the majority of the world <laughs> that is into it, right? I mean, it is it is hard work and and I just find it such an honor when I get to meet people literally out of the blue like you um who have stories like this and are so dedicated to their families and helping others because it's a big deal. And so, thank you for being here and thank you for sharing that beautiful story. I think it's so cool how we found each other. So, one uh, I we um here for Start Family, we have um, a course, uh, an online course called the Foundations Course, and we have a membership program called the Bonfire. And one of my students, who is just literally had her life changed by this work, right? I mean, she was basically at rock bottom as a mother, her and her husband, and things were not good, right, with her, her two sons. And then she came and she found the work. And um, I mean, it's been, I think, a year since she's, she has been studying and, and changing the way she's working with her two young sons. And it's just amazing to watch her learn and grow. And she somehow knows your podcast manager or your production manager and put us in touch. And I don't know how we found each other, but somehow serendipitously, here we are talking about this you know, this beautiful journey that we've both had to find this work um, that we both, you know, dedicated our lives to. So I think it's, I think that's so cool how that happens, but I'm grateful that we got put in touch and that um, that story is incredible. And I want you to talk to us now about when it comes to daughters, how can we raise these girls with integrity and connection? And talk to us, Justin, about this first point of really seeking to understand our kids, our seeking to understand our girls. This is something we study and we talk so much about in Positive Parenting here at Fresh Start Family. But tell us your perspective. What does this look like in your family and within your work? Yeah, uh, a couple of years ago uh, on a Facebook page called Goalcast, I had a video go viral that kind of tells the story of how we can do this. And I'll break it down into steps shortly, but maybe I can start with the story. Everyone loves a good story, right? Yes. But you are a good storyteller, dude. <laughs> you are, seriously. <laughs> so 75 million people thought uh, that this video was worth clicking on and watching. So it's, it's, had, wow. it's gone kind of viral. I it's think. a few. Um, I, I'm not quite sure where virality begins, but I think 75 million might hopefully cross that threshold. Yes. And um, it's it's a story about my eldest daughter. Again, she features in a few stories because our eldest kids are always the experiment, right? Right, mm -hmm. yes. We've got <laughs> no idea what we're doing. And you know, we, uh, it's so important as parents, if we're thinking about this, if we're being intentional, that we, we parent differently as our subsequent children come along because they're different. But hopefully we're different too. Yeah. Hopefully we're learning. Anyway, I had this experience with Chanel where I got in the car with her one um, Friday night. She has a job. So 
I've been to the States a, a number of times. I try to get over there every year or so. And what I've discovered is that you guys don't really have this um, this kind of fast food store that we have in Australia. It's got a different name everywhere you go, but let's loosely call it charcoal chicken. Mm. So you, you buy a barbecue chicken and uh, we call them chips. You'd call them fries, but they're big chunky ones. And you buy your salad, and that's your that's your evening meal. And you can these these, these stores are everywhere, and they're, they're not a big chain like your KFC or McDonald's. They're just there's chicken stores everywhere, and you go and buy your hot chicken, and you buy your, nice. your, your your chips or your fries and your salad. And so she was working at one of these stores. We jumped in the car. She's got her uh, in Australia. We have to have a learner's permit before we can drive. Yeah. And so she's got her learner's permit, which means at the age from 16 to 17, she has to accrue a certain number of hours behind the wheel and and prove that she can actually be a competent driver, pass a test at the end of that. She's one month away from turning 17. She's one month away from getting a driver's license and getting that permit that will allow her to drive unsupervised without me in the car. And she's feeling like she's nearly an adult. She's feeling pretty independent. In Australia, when you're 18, you're considered an adult. You can vote. You can go down to the club or the pub. You know, you, you're 18, so you're an adult. And, yeah. and she, she's only a year and one month off this. We get in the car. She starts the engine and begins to drive down the street. Now, we're around about, um, about 2 k's, uh, a mile and a half from where she works. And we're driving down this road, and she's just... We're driving a manual, a stick, yeah. and she is just smashing through these gears. She's first and second and revving the car, and she gets to our, our, our maximum speed limit for that particular street in about two and a half seconds. She's vroom, 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 vroom. And, and I'm like, wow, I, you, you seem to be driving a lot more aggressively than you normally do. I get the feeling that you're not real happy right now. And she looks at me, glares at me, and says, Dad, I'm not happy at all. And there's there's venom in her voice. <laughs> I kind of shudder and I think, oh, and, and I start thinking, cataloging in my brain, is there anything that I've said or done that could have upset her? I, I can't think of anything. I said, Chanel, I, I don't want to, um, I don't want to get this wrong, but based on the way you're driving and the way you just spoke to me, I have a sense that you're upset with me, but I can't think of why that could be. Am, am I am I right? Are you upset with me? And she said, Dad, I am really upset with you. And I went yeah. quiet. I thought, gee, what have I done? Couldn't think of anything. And I said, can, can you help me to understand why? Because I just can't imagine what I might have done. And I feel terrible that you're not feeling good because of me. And she said, fine. Today, while I was at school, I found out that all of my friends had a big party two weeks ago. And I only found out about it today. And the reason that I wasn't invited was because they told me that it was the kind of party that Dr. Justin Coulson wouldn't have approved of. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Shoot. Yeah, so she's really put me in it. And and I kind of, I was both glad and sad, right? Because I don't want my parenting to lead to my daughter feeling ostracized and unimportant and, and feeling like she's isolated and has no friends. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm kind of glad she wasn't at the party. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> There's stuff going on there. And I actually said, so... I, I was vulnerable with her. I said, well, that makes me sad, but also a little bit glad. Tell me, at the party, based on our values, um, were, were there people who were underage who were consuming right. alcohol, probably in quantities that were unhealthy and unsafe? And she said, yes, Dan, there actually was. Yeah. I said, okay. And were there people consuming other illicit substances that would you know, get them in trouble if the police caught them with that? Yes, Dad, there were. Okay. Uh, and were there people disappearing into bedrooms or cars or the... the, the yeah. The, the, the bushes, wherever, you know, somewhere, and, and, and having intimate encounters that they might um, regret the next day. And she said, I can assure you that a little bit of that happened as well. Yeah. I said, well, I'm really glad that you've told me, and I'm really sorry that you feel awful, but I'm kind of really glad you weren't there because <laughs> I want you to be okay. Yeah. And she rolled her eyes. She's like, Dad, I can go to the party and not do all that sort of stuff, you know. Right. I said, oh, gosh. You know, this is, this is getting tricky. Mm -hmm. Then I took a really deep breath because what I wanted to do so badly was say, well, you know what? When you're 18, you can live your life, but while you're in my house, it's my rules. Right. You know, my way or the highway. I, I so badly wanted to say you'll do as you're told. Yeah. But I know from research that that's not going to work well, and it's going to actually rupture my relationship. I knew that I needed to see the world through her eyes. I needed to stand in her shoes and, and try to remember what it was like when I was 16 or 17 which is really hard for us as grown-ups, right? Like whether we're having a problem with a four-year-old who's having a meltdown because we chopped the toast wrong at the right. breakfast bar. <laughs> you know, I wanted, I wanted yeah. uh, 
<laughs> I want triangles and you've done break yes, that. Yes, yes. Or whether we're dealing with something far more serious, like a teenager who's now in this kind of a situation. Uh, and so I paused and remembered the best that I could. And then I said, you know, this is really hard for me to say, but do you think, given that you're you're actually going to be an adult in a year, one year and four weeks, you'll, you'll be 18, do you think that um, we need to revisit the rules? I mean, I think they're good rules. I don't want to change the rules. They're important rules. I want to keep you safe and healthy. Right. But do we need to revisit the rules? She just sat there in the car. By this time we'd arrived at work, she just sat there for what felt like an uncomfortably long time. And so I waited. Yeah. Eventually she looked at me and said, Dad, I don't like the rules one bit. And my heart sank. I was like, oh, no. Now, now <laughs> a quick tangent here. As our children have gotten older, what we do is we sit them down, you know, at the start of the school year, and we say, you know, you're going into grade three. You're going to notice that kids are going to start talking differently. In grade three, kids usually sort of start swearing and yeah. using words that we don't use in our home. Uh, in grade five, you know, you're going to hear talk, a lot of talk about sex and pornography. Uh, what, yeah. you know, do you know what pornography is? How you, how are you going to deal with that? How right. do you feel about that? What's your response? And so we, we actually... We do what uh, a researcher from Brigham Young University in Utah calls pre-arming our children. Nice. We kind of get in and talk to them about stuff before it happens. As they go into grade seven, we say, you know, some of the kids are going to, not many, but a few of the kids are going to start experimenting with alcohol grade seven, grade eight. This is where some of the more rebellious kids or the more advanced kids start to play with this stuff. Grade eight, grade nine, start talking about what some of them are going to start exploring with intimacy, uh, physical intimacy. Yeah. And we don't just say what our rules are. We invite them to work on developing rules that we can all feel good about. Beautiful. And we don't couch it in terms of morality, by the way. We don't say this is right and this is wrong. Now, Kylie and I have got very strong feelings about what's right and what's wrong. Yeah. But we know that when we try to force that morality onto our children, especially in their adolescent years, they usually resist. And the more forceful you become, the more they resist. Force literally creates resistance. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so what we do instead of saying this is right and this is wrong is we say, what do you see as being safe and healthy? Nice. We find those two words are those two words seem to be they don't have that same loaded morality. Oh, I love I that. Anything- yeah, because it doesn't also pass a judgment off of like say if their friend is on one side of that, it's like you're not passing on judgment about their friend because they'll immediately like clam up about that because they don't want you to think poorly about their friends and all that. Yeah. Yeah, that just happened today actually with, um, yeah, my daughter babysat for a neighbor and we found out something that happened with the parents and when they were babysitting and it crushed me. I was like, oh my gosh. And I started going, oh, and I started, and she was like, mom, what? don't do that. If you do that, I'm not going to tell you stuff. And I was like, you're right. Yeah. You're right. I'm okay. Thank you for listening to me, but so I'm going to Safe and healthy. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's great. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and I just, before we get back to the story, Wendy, what you've just highlighted, you're so, so fortunate that you've got a daughter who says, if you do that, I'm not going to tell you stuff because so many yes. kids, whether they're nine or 19, they'll hear you say that and I'll just be like, oh. Yep. They, they won't say it out loud, but they'll just think to themselves, last time I'm going to share that with my parents. Exactly. Yeah. They hear out. They hear our judgment. when they. they so, so the opposite of acceptance is judgment. Yeah. And when they hear us not being accepting, they hear judgment. And when they hear judgment, they clam up, they shut down. They. It doesn't stop the behavior. It just pushes the unwanted behavior underground. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Mm. That is the quote of the podcast yeah. right there. <laughs> <laughs> so they just get sneakier, right? Yeah. They just don't tell you stuff. And it literally ruptures the relationship. And that's why I knew when I was in this conversation with Chanel, she's been a part of the conversations for the last 10 years as we've established the rules. Now we're in a situation where I'm saying, I think we've come up with good rules, but you're only a year off being an adult. Do we need to rethink the rules as you mature? Nice. And she looks at me after this long pause and says, Dad, I, I don't like the rules one bit. So like I said, my heart sank and I started reaching for what to say. I couldn't think of how to respond. I thought, okay, well, when you don't know what to say, don't say anything. Just mm-hmm. wait. A couple of seconds nice. later, she said to me, I don't like the rules at all, Dad, but they are good rules. I think we should keep them. Oh, <laughs> boom. Dude, yes. <laughs> and the heavens opened and the choir sang. I was like, hallelujah. <laughs> I've graduated. <laughs> but we, this is, I think, the really important thing. 
Terry and Wendy, we, we don't get there by saying, well, damn it, these are the rules and you'll right. do as I say. Because right. all that we do is we, we actually undermine trust and we break that relationship down instead of building it up. What, what I've effectively done in that situation, and believe me, there's plenty of times where I've gotten it wrong, but this is one of my favorite stories about getting it right. Yeah. What we're effectively doing is we're, we're trying to stand in their shoes. I've got this phrase that I use all the time. We want to get curious, not furious. Nice. And when we can understand instead of reprimand, oh, I'm a poet and I didn't even realize that I could write. Dude, you are a major You're going to be on Hamilton, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, when, when, we can, when we can get curious, not furious, we try to open up that perspective. We try to get what it's like for them. And the more we can do that, the more they will disclose to us because they can see that we're not sitting in judgment. We're actually trying to understand so that we can help them, not hurt them. Yes. Oh, my gosh. That is such... That's awesome. That is a magnificent way of explaining seeking to understand. And I know people love stories so much because it's so personal and it's so real, right? I mean, um, they, I think that gives such a great explanation of how to really apply that into real life. It is great. And I like how, too, you point out also that there's plenty of times that where you got it wrong because I think some people are going to, you know, they look at some of the things like it's an instruction manual. And it's like, well, I heard that you're supposed to do this. It's like, yeah. the, you know, choose choose this direction because it feels right for you for you and that you want to maintain a relationship um it doesn't mean it's going to guarantee that every time it unfolds exactly the way you want it but you stick with it as yeah, your as yeah. your way as your way of life and the way that you um you know just the way that you want to be there in your daughter's life um because the other way for sure. I think, you know, the results are for sure. You're going to keep backing away and backing away and backing away. Um, no matter what your rules are or, you know, however you carry it out, because it's, um, you know, I think it's been, you see it time after time after time, you know, yeah. people that just, you know, lose that relationship with their kids in particular teenagers, um, because of this. Yeah. And really, I mean, kids and all human beings, they just want to be heard. Right. You know, it's like they just want to be heard. They want to be understood. They want to feel like their viewpoint is valuable and that it matters like they belong. And that's what's so cool about, you know, um, when you have strong rules and strong limits and, and you also take into account your children's viewpoints and you seek to understand they you really do create a belonging in your family. And that is so powerful. Right. Um, and that is what causes children to want to respect your rules. It's not the overpowering. It's not the control. It's not the my way or the highway. Um, so that's beautiful, Justin. But, well, that was a huge one. So e even early on, you know, when we first adopted kind of, you know, uh, positive parenting within our home and Stella was, you know, three, four, five, six, she was always testing the rules a little bit. And we needed to make sure that um, she and her little brother felt like they were a part of the process, too. It yeah. wasn't just this, you know, we Wendy and I just being talking heads and talking at them and saying, this is it. You know, she was desperate to want to feel like she was an equal. Um, she was a person, too, that she was, um, you know, could poke at the rules a little bit and talk about them and do all those things. And she still does that. And she does exactly what your story does, too. She, she, um, okay, quick story, because I know we have so much more we want to cover with you. I don't want to take anything away from Justin, but this is a good story, and it's relevant to yours, because she has, like, a buddy who, um, you know, the rules are a lot lighter when it comes to, like, technology, or even, like, eating healthy, or, like, whatever. Like, there's just light, light rules. And she had gone with this buddy one day, and Terry and I were like, oh, great. And we had actually had, like, a, you know, a, a situation that, a sitch <laughs> that morning where we had to do some teaching and some learning and, and humble ourselves and listen and seek to understand and all these things. And as she was going out the door that morning, we were like, oh, my gosh, great. She probably thinks we're the most strictest. We are the family. Like, I can't has... wait to get away from them. Right. You know? she, yeah. we, my parents have all these rules, and oh, my gosh. And then she goes off, you know, she was going to, like, a fancy hotel that day and just you know um so anyway she came home that night and I was expecting to be like okay I'm gonna hear about how our family is the one that's like you know mom why won't you let us have more technology why can't I be on social media why can't I have technology in my bedroom why, you know all these things and she sat there and she poured her heart out to me and basically in a nutshell 
shared how she is so grateful that we have so many roles and so grateful for, and she understands exactly why we have so many roles because it creates X, Y, and Z and it's caused her to be able to have strength in these areas. And it was just so cool to hear because it was very unexpected. I mean, we've had it happen another t- another few times also, but it does feel so good when you realize that your kids are respecting their roles because they truly respect and they understand why they exist, not because they're scared of you. So. Yeah, that's and that's the critical thing, Wendy. You know, I, I know that there are some parents who are listening to this right now and saying, oh, well, that's all great for the parenting expert and for the people that are running the podcast and the programs right. and Fresh Start. That, that's, that's great for you guys, but you're not living with my child. And yeah. my child knows the reason for the rules too, but they're just mm. rebelling and they're sneaking out. And, they do, and, and I think that it's, it's so important that we highlight a couple of things. Number one, it's a long game. Yeah, long game. Number, number two, they've got to really they've just got to understand the why in 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 their in their psyche they're like they've really got to get the why and because i said so or because i've told you a thousand times that's not why right and the, the this the psychological research says it like this we need to provide a a clear rationale for behavioral requests Nice. And some people roll their eyes and like, oh, for goodness sakes, if I have to explain to my kids every time, uh, I'm never, you know, I might as well just do it myself. But, but that's not the point. The point of being a parent is to raise children who don't need you. Yeah. And the only way that they cannot need you is for them to internalize, for you to not have to be the police judge and jury. They, they, need, you to, uh, they need you to explain clearly enough that this can all be internalized, go deep into them, and they will do this safe, healthy thing, I'm going to say the right thing, whether you're there or not, because they know that it's right. Yeah, I love that. And moving into point number two of fostering the deep connection, Justin, sorry, that's our dog barking. Daughter's coming home from beach volleyball. Grandma picked her up. Thank God for grandmas. Um, But fostering a deep connection, I love the story you just told too, because, um, you know, it's it's such a vulnerability involved in that, right? You you were, you displayed such a, a um, you displayed such vulnerability. And I, I mean, just looking at you on a screen right now as we're recording this podcast, I felt so connected with you, right? And that's, and, and so talk to us about fostering that deep connection because I know that your daughter felt that same way, right? And that is not easy for parents to be vulnerable, but it, I believe it creates the deep connection. And maybe you're going to speak to something yeah. else about deep connection, but um, I just see, see that in you. And, and it's something that we work really hard to help parents understand that it's a strength, right? Vulnerability is a strength and it will lead you to feel connected with kids. But how do you encourage parents to kind of foster that deep connection with their children? Quick story, then a a couple of key concepts. I had a conversation with a dad just recently who was explaining about um, his, his teenage daughter was starting to say, I want to go to the parties with all my friends. And the dad was sort of saying the same thing, but I'm, I'm concerned about what all your friends are doing. Yeah. And, and this girl said, but, but dad, just because they're doing it doesn't mean that I'm going to do it. I need you to trust me. And he's like, well, I trust you, but I don't trust them. And I don't trust them, especially when they're under the influence of alcohol or other substances. Yeah. Uh, and the, the conversation kind of went in circles. But at some point between the two of us, we agreed, isn't it fantastic that you've got a daughter who's feeling sufficiently safe and connected to you that she's coming and having this conversation with you. Yeah. What a huge win. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And we've got to celebrate those small wins, even though the conversation's tricky. And then we talked about, you know, getting curious, not furious. I mean, if you want to create a connection, keep your judgment out of it. Yes. And, and instead, you know, this kind of overlaps with what we talked about already, but one of the most profoundly powerful ways that we can connect with our child, especially when they're having a bit of an emotional moment, whether they're emotional because they can't do something or they're struggling with something or, you know, whatever it is, is to just say what you're seeing emotionally. Connect with their emotion. Mark Brackett, who works at Yale in the Center for Emotional Intelligence, he directs that center. He says, if you can name it, you can tame it. Families, I have a question for you. Would you love to be able to set really strong boundaries and rules with your children and then follow through with consistency and firm kindness? If yes, listen up. I have a program called the Firm and Kind Parenting Blueprint that I'd love for you to go check out. You can learn more over at freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash firm and 
kind. Inside of this quick, easy to finish program, I'll teach you four steps to really setting those strong roles, but then following through in a way where you're using connection and firm kindness. And what I'll teach you will actually cause your children to want to cooperate with you because they truly respect you and value the rule and the boundary and understand how it serves them, not just something that they have to do or else. And it's just an incredible feeling when you go to bed at night knowing that you followed through on the rules and the strong boundaries in your home without relying on hand-me-down parenting tactics like fear, force, threats, yelling, harsh punishments that really create usually fear in your household, right? We want our children to listen to us because they respect us and because they understand why being part of the team, cooperating well, respecting rules, all those things, why that feels good as a human being. We want to do those things um, in ways that cause our children to want to respect us, not just because they're scared of us or a consequence. And that's exactly what I'm going to teach you inside this program. So again, head on over to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash firm and kind to learn more. But in under an hour, this program will teach you some really effective strategies on how to create agreements with your kids instead of compliance statements, which is where a lot of parents go wrong and why their children don't end up respecting the rules or the agreements that they've made. And then I'm going to teach you how to use empathy. I'll teach you how to engage your kids' critical thinking skills when you tell them to do something and they say no. And then I'm also going to encourage you to understand how to empower your children. When children feel empowered, especially strong-willed kids, they will cooperate a whole heck of a lot easier, okay? So I want you to go learn about this program and let me now, if you have any questions, freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash firm and kind. Nice. And so what I would say is look at your daughter and say, this is really hard for you, isn't it? This is a really big challenge. You're feeling really stuck right now. Uh, I, I love the idea, you know, when, when everyone was getting really worried about kids just sitting on the couch doing nothing during COVID. love the idea that I heard Lisa Damore, who is a, a global expert in uh, teenage girls. She said, imagine just saying to your teenager, sitting on the couch feels pretty good at the moment, doesn't it? Just yeah. watching Netflix and doing nothing. Like that's, that's really where you want to be. It feels comfortable and it feels safe. And I get that. Yeah. And, and so you're just stepping into that emotion. But, but then I love the follow-up to that. This is where we step in with a little bit of... So I, I talk about three E's of effective discipline. I'm going a little bit circuitously here, circuitously here but I'm going to come back to you. I love it. You're just record. dropping knowledge bombs everywhere. <laughs> Give us more. More, 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 more. <laughs> so so what, I've, what I've developed is this little uh, pattern of discipline and having hard conversations with our children that I call the three E's of effective discipline. The first is that we explore. The second is that we explain. And then third, we empower. Now, you saw me do that in that story with my daughter in the car. I explored her world. I explained what, <laughs> what I wanted, and then I empowered her to make her own mind up. But, yes. but in this situation, we've got this kid on the couch, and they won't move. They won't do their homework. They won't go and make friends. They won't go and do that extracurricular activity that they used to love. And so you might say to them, feels really good to sit on the couch, doesn't it? Like you're feeling pretty lonely and you're feeling pretty rotten and this seems to be meeting your needs. So you're exploring mm. by tapping into their emotions. And then you can explain. Now, teenagers hate being explained to, so keep the explanation short. You might simply say, but I know and you know that this is not going to be a good long-term strategy, is it? Nice. And that's enough of an explanation with a teenager. You're giving yeah. them credit for having a brain and you're saying, uh, we both know this. We both know, yeah. And then, and then you simply move to the empower phase and you say, where do you think we should go from here? Or how can I help? Or what do you think would be the best next step? Or nice. if, if you were me right now, what would you do about you? <laughs> and, and get them to shift perspectives a little bit. Now, that's, that's a, a powerfully connecting way to work through difficult situations and challenges with our children. Yeah. Now, now, to answer your question explicitly and directly, just like dollars are the currency of our economy, connection is the currency of our relationships. Yeah, absolutely. I had a dad, had a dad come to me maybe uh, two or three months ago, back when I was still allowed to give talks and we were allowed to get large groups of people together. Yeah. And it was the end of a seminar and he said, I just, I'm not getting on with my son. He's 13 years old. He used to be my best mate. <laughs> and, and now he doesn't talk to me. He said, I just don't know how to deal with this. What do I do? 
I said, well, how often are you connecting with him? Yeah. How often are you, how, how, when was the last time you went for a bike ride or a walk through the park? When was the last time you actually did stuff with him? And he kind of looked at me sheepishly and said, yeah, I, <clears throat> it's been a while. Yeah. <laughs> said, well, all right, that's, that's your homework. Spend time. Yes. To a child, love is spelled T-I-M-E. Yes, absolutely. And everything you're saying now, Justin, that's why I, it's like I wanted to make sure listeners understood. It's like we're not just talking about daughters and teens. I mean, what you're teaching us today applies to all children. I'm thinking of, you know, a neighbor on our block um, a few weeks ago. She had approached me and said, you know, please help. Um, I really need help with my son. He's four. We're having to start hitting him now because they thought, you know, that was the oh. only thing that was going to help. Yeah. And um, and she had said, you know, our neighbor, we, we feel like there's maybe a neighbor who is is having a lot of bad influence and we need to teach our children that you know they cannot do that and it is not okay and and it just when you you know when you started to speak about um, you know making sure that we are empowering our children to do the right thing when we're not looking right to have to be able to stand on their own two feet those types of things um, it made me think of this story and really we, as you're explaining you're, you're talking about connecting with a teenage daughter and I'm thinking of the, the three E's that you spoke to and how that absolutely can apply to toddlers too. I mean, I know it's a little bit of a different thing with toddlers, but when it comes to explore, explain, and empower, that absolutely could have helped this mom absolutely get to the, the root of the problem with the misbehavior she saw in her child to the point where she didn't have to hurt or harm or, you know, feel like um, she had to overpower or control him, but instead do it out of connection, right? And so I love. I think those three E's can obviously apply to every single age group. And it's just a fantastic, easy thing to remember um, that really will work. I see it day in and day out. I teach it in a little bit of a different format, but it's essentially the same thing, right? Making, yeah. making yeah. sure you're showing empathy, making sure right. you are seeking to understand, and then making sure yeah. you are being creative with your solutions and empowering your kid. Because again, as you were telling that story, I was just thinking of this little four-year-old on my block, and I can see him knowing I can see him feeling better they want to be a part of the solution yeah Yeah, and and yeah those power search stages of life right whether you're a kiddo that's a toddler or a teen or a tween you are in a power surge stage of life you are seeking to feel powerful a lot and I can just see this little boy really responding to all of this well and um, just eating it all up and this mama having a lot more success with him the next day than um, having to go with you know the traditional let's just scare the heck out of him and (laughs) make sure he knows that if he does it again, he'll get hurt. So I love that. Okay, Justin, we're going to move on to point number three, having an intention to thrive versus survive the second decade of life. And I know um, we, gosh, Terry and I have heard so many times from parents that they just fear this between and the teen years so much, right? And so talk to us about how this is, this is not necessary correct i mean i know we here believe at fresh start family that it's if you stay connected with your children and if you and you know if you expand your toolkit and you are able to um have different options and choices with how you teach with integrity that it doesn't have to be this brutal land of defiance and rebellion that it can actually be an incredible um you know phase stage of life and i know we're already feel like we're experiencing that um again our daughter's 12 12 and a half she's almost 13 our youngest one is nine and it is challenging for sure oh there's drama there is some drama and there is some challenges. Just a few nights ago, there was a really intense situation that ended so beautifully because of this work, thank God, but it was intense. I was like, I am exhausted. Um, but talk to us about um, what you recommend as far as just, you know, seeing seeing it in an accurate light as far as the second decade goes with our, with our daughters, with our children. Can we do a quick activity? Yes, let's do it. It's fun. Great. I want you to grab your hand and I want you to put your hand uh, like o- open palm kind of thing. Just put it across your face so it's kind of covering your eyes and covering your face. I'm not going to make you do anything silly. You guys look so funny right now, by the way. <laughs> now, what, what can you see while you're doing that? So, so let, me, let me quickly describe for everyone who's listening. Uh, Wendy's kind of got her, her, her glasses on and she's got a, her hand. It looks like it's one of those animals that's going to suck her face off, right? Um, <laughs> the Demogorgon. Um, <laughs> Terry kind of looks like he's... He's, he's face palming himself, just like, oh, I can't believe I did this thing. But, but t- tell me what you can actually see. I can see, like, the top of your head, and I can see just a little bit of this, the desk. Yeah, okay. So your, your vision is really obstructed right now, isn't yeah. it? And what about you, Wendy? 
I can mostly see my hand yeah. and a little bit of the room around me. And how well can you see your hands, by the way? Not really. It doesn't even look like a hand. It looks like a weird blob. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay, now, now, now pull your hand out so it's, your, your hand is at arm's length from your face and tell me what you can see now. I can see everything. <laughs> um, yeah, I can see the lines in my hand. Yeah. Um, my hands are kind of shiny because the my daughter has put this oil in the car that has gotten everywhere and it's gotten on my hand and it's been there all day. I can see That's my right. grandmother's beautiful ring that I inherited. I can see my tattoo that has a hummingbird that I think is like angels. Yeah, and then I can see the whole room too. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, and, and that's that's the not only can you see your hand more clearly, you can see so much more detail, but you've got perspective. You can see the whole room. When we're raising kids, whether they're two or twenty-two, what happens sometimes is we get so caught up in it that our perspective becomes a little bit um, uh, fuzzy. We 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 lose the capacity to see everything that's around us because we're so caught up staring at this problem that is literally right in our face. Yeah, and that's that's like having your hand kind of covering your eyes. You, you can see a few things out of the periphery, but you really can't see a whole lot. Once you create some distance between your hand and your eyes, you can not only see your hand, but you can see everything around it as well. When we're raising our kids, and particularly when they become teenagers and their emotions get big and the pressure gets, uh, I mean, the reality is there is more pressure. What sometimes happens is we, we aren't able to create the psychological distance that we need to be able to see things clearly. Our, our, our vision becomes a little bit blurry and a little bit um, myopic. We can only see the yeah. drama that's right in front of us and we're so in it. And so I guess my message in terms of thriving rather than surviving when it comes to our, our adolescents specifically, and particularly our teenage girls, is that we've got to create that psychological distance from the drama because there will be drama. Anyone who tries to tell you different is, right. is not being honest with you. It's going to be hard. I mean, like you guys are in a married relationship. You love each other. You've chosen to be with each other. Yeah. And you're still, you still, know, it's still hard. Yes. So here's this kid that, yes, you wanted the child, but they're trying to figure themselves out. It's going to be hard. The relationship will be rocky. It will be messy. It will be a, a, an absolute challenge. And if we allow ourselves to get too caught up in all of that, sometimes all we can see is the, that problem right in front of our face. And even that we're not seeing clearly. I've talked to so many parents who have told me that their teenagers are such a problem. They're such a drama cyclone that they're destroying my life. Mm. And, and you know what? When you're in it, it really does feel like it. Yes. I have tremendous empathy for the pain that those parents are in. And I've felt that pain because I have had a child who literally nearly destroyed my life. Yes. My, I, I thought I had a rock-solid marriage. I thought my life was perfect. And because I was a parenting expert, everything would be fine. And I did have one child who, for about 18 months to two years, made me wonder if I could possibly survive and whether my marriage would survive. And yeah. we've come out stronger because of it. My goodness, it was hard. Right. I was so in it. But when we can finally create that perspective, when we can let go a little bit, when we can talk to somebody like you guys or listen to a podcast like this, what, what happens is we start to see things a little differently. It's like we're moving our hand from our eyes and putting it out at arm's length and starting to see that there's a whole lot more going on. Yeah. And it's, it's that that helps us to thrive. In fact, as we let go of the outcomes just that little bit more and become less judgmental and more accepting, it's incredible how our children start to open up to us again because they're not feeling judged. They're mm. feeling accepted. Yes. And, the, and I reckon there's probably just one more thing that I'd highlight. And that is that as hard as it is, we've got to make time to just be in the relationship with our kids even when they don't deserve it. Yeah. And, and I use the word deserve very, very much in inverted commas because yeah. who's to say whether our kids deserve our love or not? I mean, there are times where we're so unloving and people still love us. Yes. There are so, so many times when we're undeserving and we still get given uh, goodness or kindness or grace or charity or whatever word fits with your philosophical foundation. We're yeah. given this gift from somebody who says, you don't deserve it, but I love you anyway. And I'm going to make time for you, make room for you and be compassionate towards you and put up with your garbage because you mean that much to me that I'm going to put the relationship ahead of my pride and ahead of my ego and ahead of my anger and ahead of whatever it might be. And, and you know, I've, I've just found as I've both raised my own children and worked with other families that 
families that families that remember how to have fun, even with teenagers. Even with teenagers who are saying, I don't want to do it, this is gonna be so this is <laughs> yes. gonna suck. Even even those teenagers, when we make the time to go down to the park and kick a ball or throw a ball or throw a frisbee or go for a bike ride or sneak out for some ice cream that mum's not allowed to know about. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's that kind of stuff that builds the relationship. And I said it before, and maybe it's a great place to sort of end up, but just like dollars are the currency of our economy connection is the currency of our relationship and if your relationship stinks because your teenager is being hard to deal with invest in the relationship invest in the connection oh my gosh beautiful you are amazing justin wow what a message of hope what a message gosh and i love i think it's uh, it's good to end with um something you noted about you know um is a great way to make sure you're thriving versus just surviving. I think whether you're talking about the second decade or any of parenthood is to make sure you stay supported, right? I mean, there are so many incredible resources and you are one of them. So tell me more about what programs do you have? Tell readers where they can um, find your books, um, your TED Talks, anything that you can tell our listeners um, because you guys go check out Justin's work. Make sure you are staying supported with a coach, with... um, an educator that can encourage you make sure you're listening tell us about your podcast justin tell us about it all because this is huge right i mean um we need to constantly be having encouragement and support in our ears um you can't do it all on your own and the more you listen to wonderful sources of encouragement like justin you will be motivated to do what he is suggesting we do today as parents so tell us where we can find you Thank you. That's really generous of you. Um, but before I actually tell you that, uh, I had a chat with my team before I spoke with you. Yeah. And I said, I, I really want to give Wendy and Terry something to give away to your listeners. Nice. So uh, I know that this was supposed to be mostly about teenage girls, and we've mainly focused there. But obviously, like you said, a lot of the principles apply elsewhere. I've got a webinar. It goes for, I don't know, maybe 40 or 50 minutes nice. about raising teenage girls. So I wrote a book that's called Misconnection, Why Your Teenage Daughter Hates You, Expects the World, and Needs to Talk. <laughs> And, That's so good. And I've done a webinar that I'm, I normally sell it for, for 30 bucks. I want to give it to you. I'm going to send you the link. And Aww. I'd love for you to just give it away to everybody who's listened to this. That's just a freebie because I'd love to share that with you. Okay, Absolutely. so that's the first thing. Thank um, you, Justin. That's phenomenal. You, you're welcome. Uh, I've got a podcast. Uh, I do it for love. Like the podcast is not uh, an income generation thing or anything, but I just love yeah. having great conversations and helping families. So I've got a podcast. Just Google my name, Dr. Justin Coulson's Happy Families. Uh, and you'll find it on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. Uh, and then, um, like, just if you Google my name, everything leads to me. Uh, there's, uh, there's not too many Justin Coulsons in the world. So, yeah, happy families, Justin Coulson. You'll find me. I've got a bunch of books um, in the United States. Uh, there are some hard copies that are available at Amazon, but mostly you'll probably be downloading eBooks uh, because nice. it's just. Uh, my publisher, they're, they're global, but they mainly just sell my books in Australia for some reason. But they're available on Amazon. Uh, so have a look there, especially, like I said, Misconnection, Why Your Teenage Daughter Hates You, Expects the World and Needs to Talk. That's there. Oh, look, I've got a Facebook page. I've got a TED Talk. There's a whole bunch of other stuff, but I think that's enough. I love it. Well, we are going to make sure we, we add everything to the show notes page. We will make sure we add your books that um, our families can order through Amazon over on the Fresh Start Family website. We have a shop page where I love That's to great. get together all of my favorite resources. So we will make sure we add this book and any others that are available for order onto our website. And Justin, from the bottom of our hearts, thank you so much for caring so much and for, for being so passionate about what you teach. Um, you are a blessing to the world and it feels like a real honor that that you have just spent the last hour sitting here with us. I know you're a busy guy and um, we're just really, really grateful. So thanks for all that you're doing and for being part of this movement that we so care, um, care so much about also. Oh, yes. There's nowhere I would have rather be for the last 60 minutes. It's been, it's, it's been a, just a privilege. Thank you. Yes. Thank you so much. And it is so um, great just to, as one dad to another, to hear your story and just to, um, hear how you just completely transformed your life and then now have been pouring it into not only your own family but so many other families so um i just know any dads that are out there listening right now are going to be so encouraged so thank you so much great to be with you thanks guys for links and more info about everything we talked about in today's episode head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash 88 for more information go to freshstartfamilyonline.com. 
Thanks for listening, families. Have a great day. All right, listeners, that's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it for you. As we wrap up here, don't forget to DM me the word shift or head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash discipline to grab your free discipline quick start learning bundle. You'll get immediate access to download our extensive learning guide where I'll share five ways you can ditch the old school hand-me-down punishment mindset beliefs and thoughts that are causing you to react like a volcano instead of respond like the firm, kind, respectful teacher you are at your core. And then you'll also get immediate access to my on-demand workshop where I'll teach you our three core Fresh Start family strategies that make up a strong, compassionate, disciplined toolkit, as well as my favorite logical consequences that not only work with kids of all ages, but do wonders to unite you with your child and strengthen your relationship, even in your kids' worst moments. So pop on over to Instagram right now and just shoot me a DM with the word shift and I'll send you a personal link to download that bundle right away. Or you can head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash discipline to get access immediately. All right. Thanks for listening and I'll see you inside that free bundle and also inside the next episode.